hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show, where your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of multi-award winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. While busyness, overworking, addictive doing and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick. So get ready to heal your body, get your spark back, deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams. Let's dive in. Hello, it's Philly here on the Ending Body Burnout Show. Today we have a wonderful conversation with the amazing Gemma Hanley, who is a transformational coach. She is incredible. Chris and I have been following her on socials for, gee, I don't know, years and years and years. Um, and always, always really resonated with her message. So you're going to find out heaps about Gemma, but she has overcome some incredible things in her life, chronic fatigue, anxiety, all sorts of things. And we, our message, I feel like our message really aligns with, with what Gemma does. So anyway, never met her, only knew her for, through socials and Instagram, um, but reached out to her because I thought her story was incredible and something that I feel like our audience is going to, to really love and resonate with. So a bit about Gemma. So Gemma guides driven and high achieving women who struggle with anxiety, perfectionism and resistance to discover happiness, confidence and calm from within themselves. Her coaching strategy is heavily informed from her own 23 year journey of holistically healing panic attacks, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts and chronic fatigue syndrome. Through her coaching work, Gemma is here to create a movement where Every woman knows that painful emotions and a dysregulated nervous system is the body's communication system, asking her to pay attention to something that is deeply important to her, that her pain is not wrong or here by chance. It's a signal of where she needs to come into deeper connection with herself. Okay, so let's dive into the conversation. All right. So thank you so much, Gemma, for coming on to the Ending Body Burnout show. Super stoked to have you here with us. Uh, you've got an incredible story. Um, let's let's dive in. First question. Yeah, yeah. So we find that most practitioners, coaches, ourselves included, when we come into this he- holistic healing space, it's usually from an embodiment and overflow of our own body burnout experiences. And we've been following you for quite a while and you have an incredible story. So 23 years of debilitating anxiety and chronic fatigue. Do you want to dive into that? Let's just like dive right into the deep end so everyone gets to know you intimately. (laughs) Of course, of course. And and thank you so much for asking me. Um, Yeah, I'm an open book. Where, like, is there somewhere you want to start on that? Well, maybe what was happening in your life around that time, yeah, and then and then symptoms that were showing up for you that were mm-hmm. warning signals that something's not quite right. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one for me because I don't really ever remember a time where I felt well. Um, You know, if I go all the way back to even six years old and and one of my memories with starting school, I missed my first two weeks of school because I was covered in chicken pox. And I remember that even going to school and like getting through the drop off and staying at school was such an anxiety ridden experience for me as well. And so it was not really until my 30s that I had this contrast of what does health and vitality and vibrancy actually feel like. Um, And so for me, you know, what was going on in my life, it was just this gradual build. It became far more intense, I would say, over a 10-year period where, um, you know, I got to the point where I was blacking out from panic attacks and the basics around living life was super challenging for me other than going to work. And even in that environment was, was really, really difficult. Um, and it was very physical and emotional. So ultimately that culminated into a really painful and and difficult experience of chronic fatigue syndrome where I couldn't work at all. I was completely dependent on other people helping me and providing me with care you know, sitting up in a wheelchair and going out of the home for half an hour was a good day for me at times because even just the stimulation or the strength to sit up and the stimulation of the noise and the bumpy path and whatnot was so much for my nervous system. Um, And, yes, along the way, my body was screaming at me, right? There were so many signs and so many opportunities for me to look at that as, as stress showing up in my body. So, you know, I had issues with my heart. I had precancerous cells in my cervix. Yeah. My eczema, I had adult acne, huge gut issues like constipation, bloating, so many food sensitivities. Um, and yeah, depression, anxiety, there was just the longest list of symptoms. Mm. Um, And I clearly really needed that long list before I was going to be willing to look at, you know, what is actually a priority. And I guess the answer to that question that I eventually became ready to look at was me. Like I get to be a priority. I am a priority as opposed to all of these tick boxes and like societal imprinted milestones of life that I was just consistently and constantly striving towards. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So intense and amazing. Mm -hmm. And our bodies are incredible (laughs) to send us those signals. So you've done a lot of work on yourself and you work with a lot of people as well. Now, now with your wisdom and hindsight, Going right back to the beginning, what what would you say was like the deepest root cause of what was going on with your health symptoms and like the mm-hmm. mental health stuff as well? Definitely, I feel the deepest root cause was emotional, mm. yeah, um, and that my physical symptoms stemmed from that because the body was just so and my nervous system was so overstimulated that it couldn't cope. Um, And I I firmly believe that the body is always doing the best that it can with the situations it's facing, Um, even though it definitely 
can feel otherwise on the surface. Mm. Um, and so ultimately, like what I would say the root cause was, if, you know, I had to give it some language, is that just this complete disconnect from myself and an inability to go inwards to understand how to meet my needs, how to listen to myself, how to trust myself. Um, yeah, and and always looking outwards. And it was just a skill that I, I was not taught and like so many of us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious because you said like even before the age of six, you noticed that there were there were patterns showing up already. So what what was going on even as a little girl for you, do you think? I think there was a lot of striving around perfectionism and, you know, knowing that I was good enough, pleasing, um, a desire to feel safe. And, and that was expressed through, yeah, anxiousness, controlling, um, developing coping mechanisms that were like, actually super intelligent and super productive for this little girl to be doing Mm. um yeah my dad traveled a lot for work um and even when he was home he yeah was so devoted and committed in that role of provider and so often he would be gone before I would even be up for school and then wouldn't be home until bedtime and whatnot. And so I think my nervous system felt that absence as well. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, I I, I just would love to ask you a question, Gemma, about something you just kind of alluded to before. You said in your 30s you became ready Um so going from when you were a little girl and you were six into your thirties, um, and then you you went from a uh, you know striving for perfection and uh, just this desire to feel safe, anxiety, um, and and adopting these coping mechanisms, and brought up uh, that story around around your dad and that memory around him when you. Uh, grew into your thirties, and when you when you became um, you know older and and wiser, what what do you think was some of the the reasons or, or things that that maybe got you ready or, or you felt ready to 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 work on yourself? Like, could you speak to that yeah. a little bit? Yeah, great question. Mm-hmm. And before I jump into that, I want to speak to this safety too because Ooh, cool. I think you know something that I see in a lot of women and was definitely true for me too is we're looking at. What intellectually makes sense? What logically makes sense? What rationally makes sense? Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm living in a first world country. I have what I need, like for security, for safety. There's food on my table. Like my childhood wasn't that bad. And so when we go down that route of what safety means, we can feel really confused and feel really perplexed, which actually probably speaks to to the question you've asked me as well of like what needed to happen before I could become ready. Mm. Um, whereas the felt sense and the nervous system response can be showing us something that's completely different. Yeah. Mm. And it's really easy to, I think, for us to dismiss that, um, to believe that it's wrong, 
um, to label it as inconvenient and bad um, and to carry this narrative of I just like, you know, I need to be stronger. I just need to get on with this or, um, you know, there's plenty of other people that have worse situations than me and and to really deny that deeper level of that deeper feeling of uneasiness or um yeah I think uneasiness is a really great way to explain it um so when I yeah reference that word safety I'm not talking necessarily although that is true for some people but I'm not talking necessarily about like a logical you know tick box system of like were you or were you not safe right and and we know this from the nervous system of opening our inbox or going and doing something out of our comfort zone, right? Like probably the first time, you know, either of us recorded a podcast interview or interviewed someone, there was this feeling of like extreme nervousness and unsafety in the body, right? Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that piece. But to answer your question of like what was it that when I got to sort of, you know, my 30s was when I felt great, yeah, and I felt like I was thriving and I felt confidence and I felt clarity. So it was probably like journeying through my late 20s where I was doing a lot of this um, foundational work. Pain. Mm-hmm. Like things had to get bad enough for me to become ready to to look at it, right, and to really, and I, I also firmly believe too that we need to run the patterns that we've been offered from our primary caregivers or, or from those people that, you know, we downloaded all of our resources and knowledge and tools f- for life from. We need to run enough of those patterns um, and watch them not work for us mm-hmm. before we'll be ready to realise, oh, this is not a strategy problem. Like I don't need to have a better spreadsheet or I don't need to be more rigid with my morning routine. And, um, you know, I don't need to find the more productive, efficient way to move through life, right? Um, Maybe there's actually some things to be felt here. Yeah. And for me, my relationship with emotions was and vulnerability and sensitivity within myself was the better I am at pushing that down and suppressing that and ignoring that and, and getting on with it, the more successful I am, the more intelligent I am, the more attractive and valuable I am as a person. And yeah, I had to run enough cycles of that to realize this is not working. Like this is not getting me to where I want to be. I do not feel happy and I do not feel energized and that that was the result. Disease, dysfunction, disharmony would just stack and stack and stack every time I couldn't be real with myself and every time I tried to force myself in into this scenario, into a version of me that just was not true for what was happening internally. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's, it's kind of, I, I hear this a lot sometimes, we hit a brick wall or, or we get into a slump or, or we we can feel like there's no hope or, or this nihilistic view of the world. What's the point? Mm. And, and I, ah, the more and more I notice people having these conversations of, ah, this sucks. I, I, 
I should be this or I should be that. I have to this or I need to that. And I, there's worse people off in the world. Why, why should I feel this way? And, and, and then we get into a little bit of a guilt and shame trip on our comparison analysis to, to others. And, and I feel like the harder we hit the wall or the harder anyone hits a wall, there's actually a real beauty and, and, um, necessity to that i think it's it's really hard to to pivot and and change and and um and take a take a look at the emotions and really embody what you're feeling if you haven't hit that wall and recognize oh i'm hitting a wall or this isn't working for me it's it's really hard it's not impossible but it's hard to make a change in your life if you haven't recognized bang this is a wall <laughs> i'm not going anywhere yeah, there's no, there's no further path forward with this. I'm damned. I'm, 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 my progression has stopped. I'm not moving. I'm stagnant. Mm. Um, I wonder if that's what that word means. <laughs> Something you said earlier too about safety <clears throat> was a really common piece in my healing journey as well that I got to a point where all the physical healing in the world could only get me so far. But I didn't know, like I didn't know what else was happening down in the unconscious state and the nervous system because I had a beautiful upbringing. It was like there was love and kindness and definitely no like big T trauma or anything like that. And so I was always just so confused and complexed around like maybe it is just a physical issue. Maybe I just have to keep doing more supplements and eating more mm-hmm. perfectly and all that sort of stuff until mm. I was able to start breaking down. Oh, safety comes in so many ways. Like it's not just physically being threatened. It's yeah. also the fear of being rejected as a little girl or the fear of like the perfectionism side of things that I have mm-hmm. to be good. I have to do all the things in order to get that love and like respect, appreciation from people around me. Mm. <sighs> so important. So you've done – well, can we dig into – I'm curious what you did to heal. Like did you just mm-hmm. focus on the emotional side of things or did you just go full-on holistic, emotional, mental, psychological, energetic, unconscious, physical? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> Definitely started down the conventional path first mm-hmm. yeah. and was so, so much in, in search of that quick fix and magic pill, mm-hmm. right? Like my health was this annoying thing that would not get out of the way so that I could just get on ticking those boxes, right, and yeah. create this image of myself so that I could know I was successful and valuable um, which was at that point in time the best strategy I had for, yeah, safety, certainty, significance, um, pleasing and impressing people so that I got to continue to be part of their life and receive their love. Um, so my gosh, like over 18 different specialists and practitioners and like years and years of tests and just being told nothing's wrong with you and like nothing would show up on my bloods. Yeah. When you say specialist, are you talking about like you went down the allopathic so like modern mostly, medicine route or you were mostly, doing functional yeah. medicine stuff as well? No, mostly that. Yeah. So 
um, you know, gastroenterologists, um, hormone specialists. Um, yeah, I ended up with this massive spreadsheet of my health history because wow. it would become so fatiguing to need to share that mm. each time I would go and work with somebody. Um, and so, yeah, eventually it became really clear to me. I think a real turning point and line in the sand was the gastroenterologist was probably one of the last specialists that I worked with. And I took a really strong compounded dose of antibiotics. Mm. And I can remember driving to pick up that prescription and thinking like, this is, I don't know about this, mm. right? But it was expensive and I'd already put it in. And so like that people pleasing and that need to like keep the peace was coming yeah. up as well. Yeah. And I was like, well, I have to pay for this. And if I'm going to pay for it, then I have to try it. I'm not allowed to change my mind. Mm. Was that, um, can, I, can I ask, the antibiotics, was that for SIBO or what were they trying to kill off? What, yeah, it was yeah, like SIBO. dysbiosis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And simultaneous to that, I remember thinking like, yes, I've got the answer. And once I've taken these antibiotics oh my gosh I'm going to be unstoppable all the things I'm going to be able to do and achieve like this is going to be the best your body's like no <laughs> look at those spreadsheets you just created and all the things you want to tick off no <laughs> yeah and so that's where you know I already was very unwell and struggling but that's after that was when you know it got to the point where I wouldn't even know if I was going to make it through a day of work like my body was just obliterated from that and yeah my I broke out in adult acne I'd never really had any issues but like my entire face was covered in acne and then I well actually this wasn't I still had to learn more because I went on antibiotics for three months for that and this is what happened mm. I came off because my skin had cleared and all the acne came back. And I was, that was my moment of hang on a minute. Like this is not working. Um, and that's when, yeah, I really started venturing down. I, I first, you know, yoga and nutrition was like my first few steps. I would go to the, like the um, Queen Vic markets. I was living in South Yarra in, in Melbourne at the time. And so I would do that every weekend and I would spend hours in the kitchen just like um, creating like whole food recipes and prepping my food for the week and became such a nerd in terms of like um, the bioavailability of foods and how they like nourish and nurture. And um, it was just one step after another from there. Um and it was slow. It was really slow for me. I was a slow learner. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, as I became sicker and sicker, nutrition was definitely a core focus. Um, Chinese medicine was really helpful to get my bowels moving again and clearing my skin a little bit and acupuncture. Um, chiropractic was huge, mm. really, really, really powerful for me. Um, in regulating the nervous system and, and to the point where I could walk into my chiropractor's office feeling like I really just needed to, couldn't even sit up and wait for the appointment. And then I'd be able to go for a short walk afterwards. Wow. Um, and then ultimately, yeah, the emotional work mm. was, was the real game changer and the kicker for me, mm. um, for sure. Mm. What I've noticed, like for myself and also clients too, is that like physic, all the physical stuff is still 
so important because we're still we're physical beings. So if we were eating McDonald's but doing mantras and like inner work, you know, like you probably only get to so much level of health. Maybe I'm sure there are people who could eat macas and they're like completely healthy. <laughs> but um, but what I found with me was that. Every time I I tried something like lovingly physical was that my body responded lovely. Like it was like, thank you. Thank you. We can see that you're trying to love yourself. You're doing an awesome job. You needed that. But then the symptoms will pop up again and again Mm -hmm. and again Mm -hmm. until it was like, oh, hang on. I'm not just a physical body. I'm like so many other levels and layers Mm -hmm. of myself. So it's so beautiful. So... Can we dig into some of the work that you do with your coaching practice? Mm -hmm. So you really love working with high achieving women who you struggle with anxiety and perfectionism and resistance. Um, What, I guess like, why did you, why did you choose that as your mode for healing with all the things that you've done? Why was that the thing? (laughs) Yeah, it's a really interesting question because I thought I was going to be a nutritionist or a naturopath when I was recovering um, because up until the point where it wasn't, that was the thing that had moved the needle forward the most for me and I loved it. And, um, yeah, then I started, like, exploring and I was doing some work. um, We were chatting offline beforehand about, a a mutual contact of Toby I was doing some work for him in his business more just like admin and marketing stuff as I was still recovering and healing and I'd done his program as part of my recovery as well and I just had a conversation with him and I said you know if I wanted to do more of this work or more coaching work in your opinion you know what what would be the path forward for that and that really just began to open up in terms of um yeah understanding the nervous system understanding the energetics and the the emotional body and the impact of that um and that yeah we can be doing all of these beautifully wonderful things for our physical body and emotional stress is going to put a cap on that every single time and then when i went through my training even just the so the intensive part where I was in the room for, for two weeks, so much shifted and moved for me. Like my physical health completely transformed mm. in those two weeks. And I just realized for me personally, there's nothing more powerful than being able to connect to our nervous system, our body, our emotions, our intuition, ourself and decipher what is it that I need or what is this emotion that's coming up and asking for my loving attention so that it can be moved through and it it doesn't need to stay stored in the body and create, you know, that stagnation that we were talking about before. Um, And and, and I'm a big believer too in the holistic piece and that's how I live my life. Mm. When I looked at, you know, all the rituals or all the, all the things we can do to support sleep or to support our environments or to go to the farmer's markets and buy, you know, the spray-free produce and um, even the relationships that we're choosing, uh, yeah, all, all of that, the mindset that we bring to that is the thing that really determines to a large degree 
the success we get from it, right? Like I can have a great bedtime. I can be putting lavender on the soles of my feet. You know, I can be digesting my food before I go to bed. I can have screens off. I might even be wearing blue blocker glasses, right? But if I lay my head on the pillow and there's all this unprocessed stress or all this um, judgmental and critical self-talk or all these unfelt emotions, the depth of rest is not going to be able to be accessed. And so that was essentially what I realized for me is it's the epitome of having more of every single thing that we want in our life is our ability to wholeheartedly know that when painful emotions and a dysregulated nervous system is coming up, that is literally our body communicating to us in a loving way. There's just something here to be looked at. Yeah. And the skills, most of us don't have the skills to do that. We're not, it's not taught in school. Most of our parents were never taught that. So it's not even possible that they would have passed that on to us. Mm. I love it. I love that saying, uh, like we're always doing the best we can with what we've got. Mm. Uh, and sometimes we don't, we don't have a lot of emotional, um, intelligence passed on from from our from our family mm. some people do some people have um a lot of a lot of experience in that in that way i know i definitely didn't and and it took it took a bit of work that took the most most work for me growing up where athletics and and sport and physical capacity was celebrated honored um you know worshipped almost it made sense that that taking care of my physical body as a strategy was the first thing, and and I, I like you you said nutrition and yoga was kind of like your on ramp into this journey. Mm-hmm. I think that that resonates with with me at least personally, and I think for for a lot of people it will. Um, but then, yeah, you can't have what you've not been given. You can't know what you've not been taught to know. We're always doing the best we can with what we've got. Uh, eventually. If you've tried all the physical and you've hit the wall, maybe, maybe, maybe that going down a different path might might work more effectively. Mm-hmm. And I loved what you said before around sleep. You could have like the perfect sleep schedule, but if you have these unprocessed emotions, then restorative sleep isn't going to be there. Mm. Same with digestion, every other organ that your body has. Um but it's also, I find a lot of people, and I will put my hand up here, perfectionist patterns also in the past, where when I came into the healing journey and nutrition was my first, um, I guess, like natural door opening into healing my body, um, but it was so rigid. It was like, okay, I got to do this anti-candida diet and I can't have sugar at all in except for maybe like one piece of fruit a day for a whole six months. And I'm like, and to get the results, I have to be 110% perfect, which I was. I'm weird like that, but it was stressful. Like it was causing more stress on my system Mm -hmm. than if I had just eaten loosely and liberally and, you know, healthy most of the time. And so... Yeah, I find the mindset side of things when it comes, like even if someone is only at the plane of physical healing, it can be so much more enjoyable, easy, flowful 
when you can come with that more flowful energy rather than forcing the to-do list of being mm-hmm. perfect with your lifestyle. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, self-connection and worth is a big part of what you do as well. Mm. So how does this well, – How does what does that actually mean and how does someone start the work to reconnect? Yeah, yeah. So I think the the disconnection is present when we're taught it's not okay. And here's this word again, like it's not safe because maybe we see a reaction or a response from a loved one or a primary caregiver, or we're not seeing them behave in a certain way or, or use these coping mechanisms. Like it's not okay. And it's not safe to feel painful emotions. Yeah. And when we're the good girl and we're pleasing and we're easy to deal with and we're convenient and we keep the peace, we receive love and we receive validation. And so I think that's the first place where without even being consciously aware, we're being taught or we're seeing or we're picking up and detecting signals that shutting down the intelligence of our body and shutting down a connection to what is true for us is the best thing to do because it's not being reflected back to us that it's okay to do it in any other way. And so this disconnection starts of like, okay, well, that must mean that how I'm feeling is wrong and that I can't trust that and that's not like the guiding force and that's not the lead. Mm. And so what I needed to learn and what my work has become is actually that is the highest form of intelligence. When our body is giving us a sign and a signal, whether it's a painful emotion, uh, whether it is a physical symptom, whether it is, yeah, that, that busyness in the mind, like the monkey mind, the obsessive thoughts, the, the ruminating, That is the intelligence of the body speaking to us. And it's on our team. It's there for us. It's actually signaling. It's the language of the body, right? It can't speak English. And so it's communicating through these these ways that are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and saying to us, please look at this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, when we do look at where we're suppressing, pushing down, disconnecting from what is right for us, what is true for us, we get to, we get to, we miss out when we suppress it, but when we allow it to be there and and look at it through this new lens, we beget, we get to start cleaning it up Mm. and healing it. And we learn to listen to it. And when there's space you know, for us to get curious about trusting that, we also get to see that we're not going to get stuck. We're not going to get washed away in it. It's not going to be our our existence where we unpack and live and, and, you know, there's no other version of life because the purpose of that pain showing up is to teach us, to show us. And when we come to that, you know, as a willing student and participant, we get the message and the pain can end because we've understood what it's there for. And, you know, I want, I'll give some examples. It might be, you know, there's actually a boundary that needs to be set yeah. or a certain part of your lifestyle is really just not working well. 
you know, whether that is overworking or overspending or overeating. Yeah. Um, and when we learn the purpose, when we understand the message and those emotions can then release, we access confidence, joy, calm, excitement, vibrancy, vitality, energy to then go and meet life in all the ways where we want to create, like the things that are more important to us than anything else in the world. Um, And we become magnetic to that. It feels like, you know, for me, when I started this path, it just felt like things started landing in my lap. Um, But it's a lot of deconditioning and unprogramming because we're not taught. Um, So it can feel really scary. Mm. a signal that was pretty prevalent that was chronic (laughs) and it will come up every now and then when my unconscious state is like you need to know something heartburn um and I love food like food is my life I love all the good foods and so that was really like old old filly Annoying every time it came. Oh, so frustrating. Do I have to go on a low histamine diet again? What's going on? Da 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 da. Now, the conditioning thing that you said, like my initial thought would be like, oh, frustrating. But then straight away, it's like, oh, wow, my body is intelligent. Like my mm-hmm. whole system is literally talking to me. Like, how incredible is that? Because so many people just get lost with, I don't even know who I am. What is intuition? Like, how do I follow it? And it's like we have these inbuilt, like physical and emotional, as you were saying, signals that guide us. And every time you listen to that, my experience anyway, is that only good things happen. Like, as you work through that, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shifting away from this is happening to me, this is against me, this is in the way. And I shared that before, how I saw my health was Mm. something that was in the way, this annoying hurdle, to asking, yeah, like, what's this showing me? What's this here asking me to look at? Yeah, so cool. Mm. Boundaries. Mm. You're big on communication and boundaries. (laughs) How, why, why do you feel like they're important? Why do you think they're part of the key to getting calm and happiness and connection? Yeah, yeah, I love this topic. (laughs) I honestly feel like there is no greater purpose for any of us being here than to learn how to express as who we are. And the connection piece that we've just talked about is, is a huge part of that of, well, what do I need or what feels good to me or what feels off or what doesn't feel quite right? And like you said, Philly, almost like pulling that thread Mm. and that's only led to good things, Mm. yeah, is then actually using that intelligence that you've uncovered. And so, you know, it's one thing to feel the emotion and explore it and get curious about it and hear the message that it's there to give you. We're still just going to keep butting up against that pain and more symptoms and more challenges in life if we don't actually take that intelligence or that wisdom and implement it, embody it. And that's not that will often not feel easy. It'll feel really challenging, um, and particularly when it comes to 
our relationships because I'm a big believer that when we speak our truth, uh, which is often found in the body through our emotions, through pain, that we liberate other people to do that exact same thing. We're a permission slip. And we learn more about, you know, who is able to love me and meet my needs in a way that feels deeply nurturing and who is not. And it's not about um, hierarchy or good or bad, but ultimately, you know, if there's something that's really true for me and authentic for me and important for me, so my values, and I speak about that and I share that and I can't be met in that in some of these closer, more intimate relationships, like inner circle relationships, I personally believe that that is so loving to release each other so that you can actually, and and sometimes that won't even be a complete closure of a relationship. It will just be an adjustment of the intensity and frequency of, you know, how much time you spend in that relationship or um, so that, you know, they can live more in their truth and and I can live more in my truth. Um. And it invites other people forward as well. So, you know, healing primarily, yes, in the first instance is all about us as an individual. But I believe it's, it's way bigger than that. And that when we have healed ourselves and then when we can show up in the world as an embodiment of that, not as a, like a dictator, um, Mm. but as like a soft, gentle embodiment of that, we invite other people to do the same and to get curious about themselves and to see, oh, it's actually safe and okay for me to trust myself. It's safe and okay for me to say no. It's safe and okay for me to yet not have to do the perfectionism or do the people pleasing. Um, and communication and boundaries is one, a very, very key way that we teach others about that. We teach them how we want to be loved, but we also invite them into considering how do they want to be loved as well. So lovely. Mm. I feel like we've created some boundaries <laughs> for ourselves, <laughs> rules, agreements in our relationship. It's <laughs> important. Amazing. Which is, I'll share this, this, like before we hit record, Gemma, you'll know this, but for the listeners, we like our podcast to be swear free so that, you know, for many reasons, um, old Philly would have been way too embarrassed to say to Gemma, hey, because Gemma does like to drop some F-bombs if you go and listen to her podcast (laughs) and her podcast is awesome. But I would have, like, my heart would have been bump, uh, hump, um, bumping, <laughs> thumping, humping. humping my heart. I would have been really nervous to even say that. And this is even as an adult, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's kind of like, oh, well, this is this is our show. This is how we want to run it. I know that Gemma will respect that and, you know, if not, goodbye. (laughs) But, you know, it's just like it's being able to – but the reason why I share that story is I know that in my nervous system that I am happy to be who I am and I Mm -hmm. don't have to pretend, I don't have to mask, I don't have to bend so that I can make someone else feel better or, you know, uh, or to prevent contention. Mm -hmm. Um, And it – I think back to a memory when I was a teenager where I was at high school and all the kids were like, swear, swear, Philippa, swear, blah, 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 blah. And back then 
it was different because I chose not to, but kind of also because I wanted to be a good girl. But then having mm. that pressure, like that actually, that that memory, that event, which happened multiple times, bullying, was trauma to my nervous system. And so, and so the more that like one can learn about themselves and who they are and who they want to be and to be able to feel comfortable sharing who you want to be with other people and train Mm -hmm. or teach other people to treat you the way that you want to be treated, then it's like, great, everyone has rapport. I have rapport with myself, my conscious mind, my unconscious mind. I have rapport with you and everything's like, you know, like life can feel easy and enjoyable and authentic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like that actually feels trustworthy Mm. for me, right? Mm. Because I can tell you're being honest with me and you're being honest with yourself. Mm. And that creates a greater sense of safety, even if, and this is definitely not true in this instance, but, you know, you mentioned before between yourselves, you've, you've set some more relationship boundaries and whatnot, that can be really uncomfortable. And sometimes we don't like what the other person is asking from us or what their need is. Mm. And when we allow ourselves to yeah, feel the dislike of it and to move through that and to, to get curious about why doesn't that feel good and, and to remember, you know, the ultimate outcome of relating, um, then as much as we might not like it in the first instance, and this I'm speaking from my experience and I'd love to hear if this has been true for you too, but I end up loving it because it, it's truth and it's honesty and that is safe and it's also really attractive in a relationship as well. Yeah, like mm. I can, I feel more comfortable and more connected to you for you sharing that with me before we began. Mm. And if you hadn't, I'm sure there might have been some discomfort arising and I would have been able to feel that maybe, mm. but I wouldn't have out and like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. I remember Chris definitely went on the more inner in a work journey before I did and he came home and he's like I want to change these chairs our dining table chairs were like beautiful old antique ones that I found on Gumtree and like that was so special to me and he's like they're uncomfortable I hate them blah 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 stormed in and I got so angry and there were many occasions where Chris was trying to make changes um, but later on you explained, well, I want to sit at the dining table with my family and not be in pain. Those mm-hmm. chairs are actually aggravating my back pain that I'm trying to heal at the moment. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it took me a really long time to allow him to be who he wanted to be. <laughs> but as you say, like, like now it is more richer and way less conflict because it's like, oh, cool. Well, you're expressing something that you want right now because it's really important to you. You And you've thought, and we both know each other now that we've thought long and hard about things that we bring to the table that we may or may not want to change. And so now, you know, I mean, still sometimes it's a bit of like, really? I'm like, okay, yes, this is important to you. <laughs> but yeah. it just allows... Uh, like it's the nervous system again. It's just like, oh, we're safe. Like we're safe in this relationship wherever it goes um, because when we know ourselves, then, as I said before, only good things can happen. Mm. And and nothing is 
festering like or being swept under the rug that's going to explode at a later moment in time because you've got so much evidence that Chris comes to you with like what's important to him and, and you get the opportunity to work through it together. Yeah. Um, Still practising. Like sometimes things blow up. I had totally. an, I screamed at you the other day. <laughs> but that's again a signal, like it's an emotion. Old Philly would have been like, oh, my gosh, I'm psycho. What's going on? Have I got anxiety mm-hmm. again? And it's like, no. It's just that something wasn't discussed that should have been i can't i can't even remember what it was about (laughs) whatever whatever it was um and then like within 24 hours we resolved it and it was amazing (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know sometimes i I love that still ignore those little signs until they're like bigger (laughs) then they explode (laughs) Ah, all right. Did you have any other questions? Um, no, I, I, I love that. I think boundaries are really important. Uh, but it, I think it comes from a, a sense of esteem and confidence w- that you can speak up to those those boundaries. You said you were feeling feeling a few things and... And then you started to create those boundaries for yourself, and then we've we've tried to do that as well. I I, I actually think boundaries are permission, mm. like having 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 a sense of self permission to to speak up to this truth or, or or genuine need that 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 a person has. Um, and if you put that off, you're breaking rapport with yourself. You you kind of you're not listening to yourself, and then that's that's probably what leads to sickness and ill health. Um, uh, for a large part anyway, this um, somatic expression of, of a internal mechanism, don't know. Mm. Okay, last words of wisdom from you, beautiful soul. <laughs> you are so, how old are you, by the way? I always want to ask people what they think before I answer this question. Well, you said 30. 34. You said I know you must be in your 30s. You look like you look like you're in your 20s, but your maturity is definitely 30 beyond. <laughs> yeah, I'm 35 almost. Oh, so close. Okay, awesome. You have lived a, you have lived an extraordinary life um in your 35 years. Mm. Mm. So, busy busy people listening to this currently struggling with body burnout and it, they've resonated with everything that you've said, especially around understanding those signals in the body. Like what, what would be the first step? Because even some, sometimes for people that's really abstract. So what would you say if someone wanted to take this first step to actually start really connecting to themselves and take mm. action? Mm. Yeah, I think a, a great question is what do I need to be able to do that? Mm. And then the follow-up question from that would be how can I create that for myself? Mm. Yeah, mm. that's Beautiful. perfect. <laughs> and that can look different every single day as well. Yep. And can be so you know, one day that might be 
oh, actually, I think I need some pen and paper so I can just get some of this stuff out of my head. Mm. And another day it might be, okay, I think I'm actually ready to, like, find somebody that can help lead this with me and support and guide me through this. Mm. Um, oh, I think I actually need to create some time in my calendar to be still because it doesn't seem like when I'm running around and racing around and doing a million things at once and distracting that there's space for me to connect inwards. Mm. So, yeah, the answer to that question will look like an evolution as well. Yeah. And even as you're doing the work, again, personal experience is the question is an evolution too. It's like, oh, pain signal yeah. popped up. What do I what do I need right now in order to understand this or solve this problem? And mm. yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, so if our listeners would love to learn more about you, get in touch with you, um, we'll pop in the show notes a link to your website and also your Instagram page. And you've also mm. got a lovely, really helpful free download on your website as well. Did you want to yeah, talk about yeah, that? Yeah. So there's a guided self-worth meditation that your listeners can go and download and and take a look at as well. And then, yeah, the Instagram, yes, and the podcast is, yeah, the real source of all of my free resources. Um, Yeah. I love your podcast. I love you. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Gemma, for popping on. Uh, Stick around. We'll have a bit of a chat. But thanks, everybody, for joining us for this episode. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our ending body burnout assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one ending body burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have Have the the best best day day ever. ever. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>